You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and on today's show, very lucky to have one of the original hosts of the show, John Kegley, joining to host the show today. Super excited about that, but we are three riders who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we cover the Chargers for over six seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. I know you guys can feel it because I can feel it. Training camp is here this week, guys. We are so excited to be back here with you. Hope everyone had a great weekend. But this Wednesday, the Chargers start their training camp and they get on the field to practice. And I know that we are all very, very excited for that. So this week is going to be very training camp centric. On today's show, we're going to be looking at training camp battles. So not just for starting spots because there's only a couple of those up for grabs. But who is fighting for playing time? Who is fighting for a roster spot? So much to get into. So in segment two, we're going to be looking at the offensive side of things. How we're looking with that wide receiver three position that everyone's been talking about so much. There's definitely a conversation to be had about how this running back room is going to play out. You also look at the tight ends, and there's some things there to work out. Is even quarterbacks, you know, between Chase Daniel and Easton Stick. Then to wrap up the show today, we're going to be doing the defensive side of things. Who's the next safety on the field besides Derwin James and Nazir Adderley at this point? If you're talking about starting positions, can Asante Samuel Jr. win a starting job coming out of training camp? I know we think he could, but we're going to talk about that on today's show. We're going to be starting the show with our weekend roundup. Some things happened over the weekend that we wanted to get into. So we're going to talk about the Chargers signing their third round pick rookie Josh Palmer. Now there's only two more rookies that remained unsigned. We're also going to get into a Devontae Adams signing because him and the Packers have broken off contract talks. Now a lot of Charger fans, after Keenan Allen's comments, think he's coming to the Chargers. And we'll also talk about a picture posted by Justin Jones showing what the Chargers training camp schedule is going to look like. And man, is it detailed and man, does it seem like a long day. So let's go ahead and get into it, boys. Training camp is coming up on Wednesday, guys, and I know we're super excited. And David, you showed me something that Justin Jones had put on his Instagram, and it was the Chargers training camp schedule. I'm not sure how much the Chargers like that getting out. I don't remember seeing a list like that from other Chargers posting on social media, but we got a little insight, and I thought it was really cool to see what their day is going to look like. And basically, it goes from 6 a.m. to 10.30 p.m., and it's jam-packed. I mean, mandatory breakfast, staff meeting, treatment, tape, and dress. One of the things that stood out to me, special teams is mentioned three times on this list. That was something that I got excited about, but you have everything from breakfast to lunch to dinner, lights out at 1030, in your room by 10. David, there's a reason players don't love training camp, and as much as I'm sure the players love Brandon Staley, when you see a schedule like this, you know he's going to get some work done. 
Oh, absolutely. And honestly, I mean, you, you said that you don't know how the organization feels about this getting out, but knowing Brandon Staley and how transparent he is about, you know, what they've done with the offense and the defense and just how detailed he's been about things, I don't think he really minds. I think he's such a competitor that it doesn't really matter if this information's out there or not. It's what they go out there and do on the fields. But when I look at this schedule, it's really reminiscent of boot camp, honestly, for me. I mean, I know John has some experience with this recently, but I mean, back in 2010, I remember going to, to basic training and those days start really early, and I'm talking sometimes 3 or 4 a.m., and sometimes they don't get done around 10 or 11.30 at night because you're just doing so much. I mean, you're working out, you're eating, you're training, you're doing ruck marches, you're doing all kinds of crazy things. That's pretty much what this is for these players. This is boot camp. Training camp is boot camp for the NFL players. Yeah, and I mean, every 15 minutes has something, right? Whether it's snack or a team meeting, or a lift, it's totally jam-packed. And I mean, I might say, hey, is seven and a half hours of sleep enough? I mean, they got to be at the dining hall at 6 a.m. Or maybe, you know, that's just when it opens. So maybe they can sleep till like 6.20 and run in there and eat breakfast in like 10 minutes. I think they might need a little bit more sleep. But super jam-packed. It's a long day. And I mean, we've seen players and veterans and things like that, right, get to kind of skip training camp. Remember how many times... Antonio Gates seemed to kind of get to skip training camp, especially when he was coming in as a free agent so many of those last few years, right? It was like, I'll come in, you know, late July, you know, early August, maybe mid-August, and he got to, to skip some of those things. But there's a reason why players kind of loathe training camp. It's changed a lot over the years. It's not as intense as it used to be, but it seems like what they're losing in on-the-field time, because out of all of that time, you know, the basically – 16 hours that we see on this day only two hours of that is practice John so I like the fact that Brandon Staley is keeping these guys engaged throughout the day I mean team meetings special teams meetings you have special teams in pre-practice walkthrough practice post-practice lift and meetings position meetings later on in the day I mean they're literally trying to get the absolute most out of this training camp if we're going off the schedule yeah I remember back when it was two a days during this time you'd see two practices on here but the nfl has a rule against it now thanks to the the players coming against it so the fact that he's finding ways to keep them engaged still without having them on the field getting injured having more chances to get injured shows that he's really trying to make them mentally better as well as physically better which i would say something some of these past coaches haven't done well mike mccoy didn't do it well anthony lynn didn't do it well North Turner definitely didn't do that a lot differently. North Turner had some decent offensive game plans, but the players just mentally were not better. So the fact that he's engaging in their mental side shows a, a lot about what he's trying to get these players to do for the season. Absolutely. I mean, it is huge. I mean, getting the most out of these players and continuing to evolve and adapt. And even though it's his first training camp, right, he's talked about how much planning goes into it. This is the fruit of that labor, right? I mean, this is the schedule that he's been planning throughout the entire offseason since he became the Chargers coach. And now they're going to try to get the absolute most out of the time they have together with these guys while also trying to keep everyone as healthy as possible. So I really loved getting a little sneak peek there. But let's talk about the big news over the weekend. I mean, you'd think it was Chargers news with how many Chargers fans linked Devontae Adams to the Chargers, even though really no one actually linked him there. But we all know the drama that's happening with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. 
He is not coming back to them supposedly right now. He's talking about potentially retiring. Either way, that's not a good situation. And we know his BFF, Devontae Adams, who absolutely torched the entire NFL last year, is in line for a massive extension after this season. So first we heard Aaron Rodgers had beef with the Packers, and then it came out over the weekend. Ian Rappaport reported that Devontae Adams and the Packers have broken off a long-term contract extension talk which is not great news if you're a Packer fan. I mean, they've, I'm sure they've had enough. But, of course, to stoke the flames a little bit, Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen, one of the best talkers on the team and maybe one of the best recruiters on the team, David, goes ahead and tags Devonta Adams and says, hey, Devonta Adams, come on home, brother, right? So he's still on the Packers at this point. And I know it's exciting to think about that duo getting on the same field, but it was pretty funny to see Keenan Allen starting the recruiting process already. I absolutely love it. I love it. I mean, you can't imagine having Devontae Adams on the opposite side of Keenan Allen. That would be absolutely ridiculous. I don't think there's anyone in the league that could stop both of those guys at the same time. I mean, Devontae Adams put out a tweet a while ago saying, if I was on the same field as Keenan Allen, we'd get 300 yards a game. And I mean, I don't know if it would be that crazy, but I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if the stat line didn't some didn't look something pretty crazy similar. I mean, maybe 150, 200 yards, but those guys are two of the best wide receivers at their position. And he says, come on home because Devontae Adams is from the LA area. So, I mean, that on Honestly, I mean, it's a pipe dream at this point. I mean, the Chargers have the cap space to make it happen. They definitely will have the money. Um, That's if he ever even becomes available, Dan. Yeah, exactly. You were saying before the show, I mean, we were talking about it. The times a player like Devontae Adams doesn't get franchise tagged is pretty small. I mean, they're not going to be able to franchise tag him and Aaron Rodgers, but they're trying to get Aaron Rodgers in the door next year, especially if Aaron Rodgers is out of the fold, whether or not it's him or Jordan Love, I have a hard time believing they're letting him get out of that building. I mean, they could franchise tag him twice, potentially. It's going to be a big number, but for the Chargers, still being in that Justin Herbert rookie contract window, being able to have a chance to fit him into that with Keenan Allen already in place, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely something you should be interested in. Having that duo together would be able to do some pretty special things from the offense, and then you can kind of just add supplementary pieces on offense, you know, the Mike Williams loss potentially down the road doesn't hurt as much. There's not as much pressure on the guys behind Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams if it happened. But yeah, it still doesn't seem like you still doesn't seem likely. But I do think if he ever was to just hit the totally unrestricted free agency market, the Chargers should and would be calling. I'm sure of it. But we do have two more segments to get into because training camp starts on Wednesday, guys. And we want to get into some position battles. So coming up right after this, we're going to talk about position battles on the offensive side of things, the wide receiver three spot, the backup quarterback spot, and much more coming up after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official protein bar of the Locked On Chargers podcast is Built Bar. When you talk about Built Bar, you have to talk about how delicious they are because if it doesn't taste good, I mean, for me especially, if it doesn't taste great, I'm just not going to eat it. So when you have something like Built Bar that has so many flavors and it's 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew, you tend to hold on to that and you tend to keep buying them. And for me, I like to buy the mixed 
packs of built bars basically they'll give you every different flavor to try so you can keep switching things up and never get stale and the thing i love about built bar is they will fit into whatever diet that you're trying to do right now almost all of them have 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 and only four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs and of course they taste great and with flavors like cookies and cream salted caramel coconut you can keep switching it up and keep finding new great favorite flavors but right now you can be snacking on the bar that the u.s track and field team is taking with them to tokyo built bar is the official protein bar of the u.s track and field team and right now we can even save you money if you go to built.com you can use the promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your order that's promo code locked 15 all caps one word for 15 percent off at built.com all right guys well it's time to get into some training camp battles and there's a lot of battles that are going to be going on. I mean, obviously, a big part of training camp is for the starters and things like that to learn the offense, especially with a new coaching staff and a lot of new players on the team. But this is where you really get a chance to make your mark. I mean, there's going to be full speed practices ahead, and that's where you have a chance to truly show the coaching staff what you can do. And luckily, as of right now, the Chargers will play some preseason games too, so some of those undrafted free agents and some guys at the bottom of the roster will get a chance of you know showing why they deserve to be on the roster. But on the Chargers offense, there's some pretty high-profile spots available. There's definitely some snaps to be had, John, and I think it starts with the wide receiver three position. I said we were going to get into Josh Palmer signing his rookie contract. He is now signed now, and I think he is in the competition for that wide receiver three spot, but right now we really don't know how it looks. So that's something I'm super excited about getting to see this competition play out because the really the only thing we know right now, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, right? That's the only thing set in stone. Everything behind that, it could really go any way. I mean, Jalen Guyton was the guy last year, led the Chargers wide receivers and snaps. Tyron Johnson was the most efficient man in that role last year with a much higher catch percentage when he was on the field running routes. He was a top 10 in yards per route run. So when he was on the field, he was making things happen. And then you throw Josh Palmer into the mix, who's a third round pick and a guy who physically looks ready to be in the league, runs good routes, does some things on the outside that maybe you're not getting out of those other guys. What do you think about the wide receiver three position battle, John, heading into training camp? I think it's a big probably the, the leading camp battle out of everything on the, on the team defense, yeah. special teams, whatever yeah. it is. I think it's the leading camp battle. And I think you got to leave Joe Reed and KJ Hill in the fight a little bit, just because what if Tyrone Johnson and Jalen Guyton are bust? Like what if they were just one year wonders, you know, like what if they come to training camp, they're just not the same guys and one of them gets cut. You know, I feel, I feel like you got to leave KJ Hill and Joe Reed in just for that reason alone. But on paper, those three are the guys. Tyron Johnson w- was really good at the deep threat ball for touchdowns. So is Jalen Guyton. Now here comes Joshua Palmer, who showed that he could probably do that same thing, but also probably do a lot more routes better than the other two guys. But he's unproven rookie, so you, ha- you have to wait what he- and see what he does. Me, personally, I'm thinking Tyron Johnson's going to take that spot, and Jalen Guyton will probably be the backup, and Josh Palmer's going to have to develop to take one of those spots over the next like two or three years. But I'm really interested to see what Joshua Palmer gets because when I saw him on film, I'm like, is this really the guy you got with that pick? Uh, <laughs> I feel like you could have done better. But at the same time, he had some pretty bad quarterbacks. So in, if you have Justin Herbert, does he sh- outshine everybody and look like one of the best in the league now? 
Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, and he did have bad quarterback play, and we chalked some of, you know, what Joe Reed's issues were at Virginia up to bad quarterback play, and he didn't really develop into the wide receiver that you'd want him to be enough of to use his other gadget abilities just to get on the field and be able to be a normal wide receiver sometimes and be able to be that kind of jack-of-all-trades. Anthony Lynn just wouldn't put him on the field or use him. He kept doing the same thing over and over again. I think you have to blame that on coaching more than Joe Reed, in my mind. Yeah, but the thing is, is we just don't know what he looked like in practice, right? That's what the reports were, that he wasn't coming along as a wide receiver as much as they wanted him to do. So there's some of it we just don't know, but he was a healthy scratch. So obviously with that coaching staff, he wasn't in the game plan. It's you know remains to be seen what his role is with this new coaching staff at this point. But he obviously has some juice. And, I mean, I think you'll get another shot at the kick returner position as well. That could be a place where he leaves his stamp and, you know, kind of shows, hey, I'm more than just a receiver. But he has to be a wide receiver to some extent too. Like, he has to be able to do that sometimes. I think that's going to be one of the biggest things he has to prove. But, David, there's more than just that offensively. So, when you're looking at training camp battles and you're focusing on the offense, where are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, I think you look at the offensive line and you feel really good about four of the five spots. And I think one of the spots that gives you a little bit of pause is that right tackle position with Brian Belaga. I mean, just with the injury issues that he's dealt with the last couple of years, for me, an underrated uh, camp battle is the swing tackle who might find a lot of time on the field because of those injury issues. I mean, hopefully Brian Belaga is able to stay healthy, but if not, we need somebody capable to be able to come in. So I'm looking at Storm Norton, Trey Pipkins, even Brendan Hymas, uh, all three of those guys I can see potentially pushing for that swing tackle position. Brendan Hymas might uh, also find himself on the interior as well, but that's a position I'm going to be looking at who could potentially be very valuable when the season starts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and he brings versatility because you don't really see Storm Norton lining up at guard or Trey Pipkins. I don't think they're going to try any more, you know, Trent Scott experiments where they're moving guys around as we see it right now. But Odea Bushi and Brendan Hymas could also be in a competition because he wasn't promised a starting role. I don't think any of us think that's going to happen. But yes, that next tackle up could play a huge role for the Chargers this year because Brian Bulaga played around 40% of the snaps for the Chargers last season. So whoever comes in will be surrounded by a better offensive line, hopefully. But they will still have to hold their own, which we are not sure if any of those guys at this point can do. But there's a few more different position battles, John, that have a lot going on. A very crowded running back room and even a competition to be the backup quarterback. So what of those excites you the most as we had into camp? I mean, it sounds kind of weird, but it, for me, it's the backup QB. And this <laughs> just because injuries have worried me over the, every single year. I'm worried still. I mean, 2011, we were 4-1 and one, and the whole offensive line goes down. We lose like six or seven straight after that. Then we picked up Nario Alexander. We look like we're going to do good. We went three the last four games. We're going to do good the next year. He goes down in training camp. Then the next year, we get a new coach, a new general manager. We're thinking, okay, this is where we turn the corner finally. Nope. Melvin Ingram goes down in training camp. Like it just keeps happening every single year. So if an offensive lineman goes down and that leads to Justin Herbert going down, I need to know that somebody is going to pick up this offense and chase Daniel Easton Stick. It's between those two guys, and Chase Daniels showed some pretty good potential when he was with the Chiefs against the Chargers, and he had a bunch of backups that still almost beat us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll never forget that dumb Chase Daniel game. It was pretty dumb, if we think back on it. You know, let's never talk about it again, because that game was pretty dumb, and it almost happened twice. But we don't have to focus on that, because that was a long time ago. But 
Chase Daniels, whatever, right? I mean, he's not going to lose you the game. He's probably not going to win you the game. And that's what you want out of a prototypical backup. I think with the money that Chase Daniels is getting, I don't think there's a high probability that he's left off the team. He's not going down to the practice squad, in my opinion, for any reason. Easton Sticks on the hot seat here. I like the thought of him just going out there and running around and trying to, you know, Billy Volek the Chargers to a win in a certain game, right? I just don't know if this coaching staff is going to be comfortable to do that. So I do think it's Chase Daniel. But with the running backs, I think it's a three-way battle. I mean, Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly and Larry Roundtree the third. I think they're all showing that they should be on the roster when this camp comes. And I think they're all not potentially going to make the team. I mean, I think out of those three guys, one of them could be left out if the Chargers decide to go with three running backs and Gabe Neighbors. That's not even talking about Darius Bradball. So if it's four, probably Josh Kelly, Browntree, Eckler, Jackson. If it's three, that becomes one of the most interesting position battles on this team. And that's definitely something I'm going to be looking at. And even positions like tight end where Trey McKitty is going to try to show during this training camp that he deserves some playing time and he is really the only blocking tight end. How does that express itself during training camp? So with so much more conversation there and we'll continue to talk about it during training camp, but we have an entire other side of the ball to talk about. So coming up after this, we're going to talk about a starting cornerback spot up for grabs as we see it right now and some other guys trying to fight for some playing time on the defensive side of things. Coming up right after this, but first I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. Right now, guys, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL when they're happening, and all of your UFC and MMA action. But if you like to only bet on football, that's fine because there's a ton of NFL futures that you can go bet on right now. I know that Justin Herbert is tied for the fifth best MVP odds at betonline.ag. He was tied with Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson last time I checked on it. So you might want to bet on that. You might want to bet on the Chargers winning the AFC West or even potentially the Super Bowl if you're trying to really make it big. But BetOnline is the place that we trust. And right now you can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, well, let's continue to get into these training camp battles. And I know I'm getting pretty pumped up for this. I mean, we're going to see so much. And we're going to see Brandon Staley on the field for the first time, how he interacts with this team and how he tries to get this work done to get this team prepared for a season that's coming up rapidly. So a lot of training camp battles still to get to. And David, now I want to focus on the defensive side of things. So there are some definite snaps up for grabs. I think when you're talking about starting positions, it's always hard and you're not going to find many starting positions up for grabs. But when you're looking at the defense and thinking about training camp battles, what's the position group that's standing out to you right now? Yeah, I mean, looking at the defense, there isn't really a lot of starting spots open for grabs, but a lot of depth issues for me, a lot of depth questions, if you will. And I think that brings me to the backup safety spot. I mean, you look at Nas Adderley and he hasn't had the best start to his NFL career, but you think he's going to probably be penciled in 
at the starter opposite of Derwin James, but behind him, there's just not a lot of depth. I mean, you look at Alohi Gilman, you'll get look at seventh round pick Mark Webb, and then the undrafted free agent Ben DeLuca. So one of those guys, I mean, might even be all three of those guys might make this roster because that's a very, very thin position group. And we're going to have to see if any of those guys can take this opportunity and really run with it. And if not, we might see the Chargers try to sign somebody off the street. Well, and that's one thing we've talked about before is we'll know how confident the Chargers are in that group if they don't bring anyone else in because the experience at safety right now, it's hard to say you could have less. Derwin James has played in 21 career games. I'm pretty sure Nazir Adderley has played in around 20 career games. Then you have Alohi Gilman with one year of experience as a deep backup, right? Barely getting on the field, being a special teamer. Mark Webb with no experience. Ben DeLuca, a lower division football player coming in as an undrafted free agent, also with no experience. That's crazy, especially with the injuries that both of your projected starters have had over the last two seasons. I know we don't like to talk about it, but that has to be a huge position battle, especially if Brandon Staley wants to be that versatile, wants to use Derwin James as the star of the money, wants to use Nazir Adderley as the star of money, get him in the slot. Who else is going to be back there playing safety? He works some magic last year with the Rams and some lesser talented players. I know they are hoping probably that he can get the most out of even a guy like Mark Webb, who did not seem like he was anywhere near being ready to play at this level. So a lot of work to be done there. But John, I think one of the other positions that me and you both agreed on when we were talking about the position camp battles was the defensive line. So right now, as we see it, Justin Jones, Jerry Tillery, Limbaugh Joseph in the base formation are the starters. And you have Christian Covington, who they brought in late in free agency, who's going to be vying as a rotational piece. And then there's a bunch of guys who don't really seem safe on the roster. I mean, even Christian Covington with that contract, it's not so much that he couldn't be cut either. But we're talking guys like Cortez Bratton, Braden Vejoko, even if you go a little bit deeper in the undrafted free agents, guys like Forrest Merrill, and Jared Goldwire. Although it's not a sexy position battle, John, a lot of things are going to be determined in this position group and who makes the roster during this training camp. It really is. And to me, it's it's just going to be Cortez Broughton versus Braden Fioco. It's, it's one of those two guys for sure. And you got a guy in Cortez Broughton that you predicted would be drafted by this team that we thought had the potential of being like the the quiet guy that comes out of nowhere in that draft and is really good. And he hasn't come up to show anything. And Braden Fajoko, Braden Fajoko, we thought was going to be a undrafted free agent that we thought was going to really shine. And he kind of did in preseason, but we haven't got to see much of him in the regular season. It's going to be between those two guys. And this training camp is going to be their chance. And with the preseason game situation, they're probably going to get plenty of chances to show that. But at the same time, you got guys like Justin Jones, who hasn't really proved themselves either. So that I think he, this is also going to be proving that you still belong on this team after this season as well. Because if you don't show up in this training camp, coaches are already in their head going, okay, who can we start getting on this team free agency-wise that can play next year? Yeah, for Justin Jones specifically, it's just hard to imagine that the zero sack thing is going to keep flying under the radar, right? Not with this coaching staff. It doesn't seem like... They're just going to, you know, let him continue being the starter if he's not producing. Obviously, it's not like there's any grade A talent behind him or just guys that would obviously be brought in and promised starting jobs. There's nothing like that going on with Christian Covington or any of the other guys. I mean, Forrest Merrill, 
just as a little tank of a human being, as an undersized nose tackle, as a guy that I love, just the way he plays, as sturdy as a brick house that dude is. But him and Christian Covington and Limbaugh Joseph with all seem to be playing that true nose tackle position for this defense. But that is going to be a super interesting position battle. But there is a starting spot up for grabs in my mind, David, and it might not seem like it, but when the Chargers were in voluntary minicamps, when they were in OTAs, when they went defensively and got the number one defense, the starting defense on the field, Brandon Faison was the guy who was starting outside cornerback opposite of Michael Davis when Chris Harris Jr. was in the slot. So I'm not trying to make a big deal out of that, but what it does tell me is Asante Samuel Jr. is going to have to come into this team and earn a starting role. And I think that's something that should happen. And I think he absolutely can and probably will do it. With Rashawn Slater, if this team starts Trey Pipkins over Rashawn Slater, even if Rashawn Slater sat out during training camp, SoFi Stadium might not make it through the first game, right? Their first inaugural game with fans. Yes, pitchforks, you know, fires, rioting, looting, the whole thing. If it ended up going that way and Trey Pipkins was the starter with Rashawn Slater on this team. With Asante Samuel Jr., you would understand if he didn't get it right away and they wanted to, you know, get him in in set packages, use him here and there. But I do think he has a chance, absolutely, to go put his foot on Brandon Faison's, you know, neck. He has a chance to get a firm grasp on that starting spot, I think, during training camp. Yeah, no question. I mean, I think it's a good idea to let him earn it, right? I don't think you just want to hand it to him. But, I mean... He's used to working. I mean, he, he's used to this. I mean, even in high school, he's prepared for playing in the NFL since high school. He said high school was actually harder than college for him. I mean, I mean, and when you look at the high school he went to, I mean, the, that's basically NFL U. I mean, how many NFL players have came out of St. Thomas Aquinas is absolutely ridiculous. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a battle that you're going to be looking at. I mean, I thought it was kind of interesting that they gave Brandon Faison some of the starting snaps um, in off-season workouts. But, I mean, I, I don't wouldn't read too much into that. Training camp is really where they're going to make their hay, where they're really going to earn their spot. I think Asante Samuel Jr. will earn that spot eventually. I don't think it'll be right away, but I do uh, agree with the premise of having him go out there and get it and take it and not just have it handed to him. And Brandon Faison's a guy who was an undrafted free agent. So to say that they're not going to at least give, you know, Asante Samuel Jr. a little bit of a leg up just as a guy who is supremely talented, even if you want to kind of ride out some of the rookie mistakes that might come along with that, because he's a player that likes to get his hands on receivers. He's a very physical corner, especially for a dude his size. He's going to draw some penalties early on. I mean, I just don't know if there's you know, any other way to look at it. I mean, you have to kind of be okay with that because of some of the other plus things that he's going to bring to the table. Brandon Faison has struggled in coverage. He's been picked on when he's gotten on the field, but he's a really sure tackler and does some other things well. And, you know, we'll see what Brandon Staley can do with him. But with Asante Samuel Jr., you have two other guys in Troy Hill and Darius Williams last year who are very undersized corners. I think Darius Williams 5'9", and I think Troy Hill is 5'10", 5'11". Both those guys had career years last year under Brandon Staley, so he can use a smaller corner. And I think that even though he should be the starter going into it, I don't think Brandon Staley is going to do it if he's struggling a lot during training camp, right? So as much as he can earn that starting spot, if he doesn't look ready, they're going to give him time to season. They're not just going to throw him out there and let him get roasted 
if he's not at that level. I don't think that's going to happen, right? But I think Brandon Staley and this coaching staff can look at these players well enough to know whether or not he's ready. And I think he'll end up getting there just because that's the type of competitor he is. But so excited for training camp. We're going to continue getting into training camp storylines, who, what guys are on the roster bubble, and much more as we get closer to training camp. I'll also be out in Costa Mesa for some of the training camp dates. I'll be telling you guys when I'll be out there for that. But that is going to do it for today's show. A special thank you to John Kegley calling in from Middle America to tell us you know, what he thinks about the Chargers because we miss him so much and can't wait to get him on more regularly. But we will be back with you guys tomorrow, as always, back to you five days a week. So make sure you subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts from, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the new Odyssey app, or Google Podcasts as well. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you like the show, make sure to rate and review as well. We would really appreciate it. You can also find the show on either of mine or David's social media accounts. You can find me at Dan Talk Sports. You can find David on Twitter at DrotalkSD. And if you want to follow John on Twitter, you can find him at Biggest Charger Fan. You can also find the show on our show's Twitter page at LockedOnLAC. We also have an at LockedOnChargers Instagram page and a LockedOnChargers Facebook page. But really excited to continue breaking down training camp with you guys for the rest of the week until it gets here and it can't come soon enough. So we'll continue that tomorrow. We'll be back with you guys then. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.